You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Hey, it's Taj Alexander. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. Really appreciate all the support, all the love. Just want to let you know, The Open Canvas has just launched its first clothing collection. You can find it on theopencanvas.com. Let's get into the episode. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. We actually you know, connected a few months ago, you know, just talking about you know, why each of us were even in New York, what we're doing here, and like sort of what we sort of plan and hope to accomplish. It's just dope to see like months later, you know, a lot of the things, you know, we were talking about and you're like, man, I don't know how this is going to happen or how I'm going to like start, you know, gaining traction. And now you know, you're in that space. So it's yeah. dope. And it's dope to even have you on the podcast at this point, because I feel like it's still very early. For um, sure. But at the same time, being, you know, just a few months, I feel like you've already accomplished a lot. Um, I agree. Short amount of time. So, you know, and, and also just to how you uh, carry yourself and, you know, how, you know, you definitely lead with respect. You lead with like, I'm here, you know, for a purpose and you're, you're here to accomplish a goal. So I feel like, you know, it's good to see people like you in the in the field, you know, sort of, you know, working with the rest of us. So that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> So without any ado, please introduce yourself. Well, my name is T. Marie. I am a DJ slash artist in the making slash entrepreneur trying to just get my dreams off the ground. And um, I moved to New York not too long ago. We met actually, I think maybe the week that I got here, or maybe like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I reached out to you and I was like, yo, I see that you're doing this open canvas. It looks super dope. Like I'm a DJ. What can we do? Like let's collaborate. <laughs> like let's let's yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, ever since then, I've just kind of been grinding and really out here um, making connections, networking, trying to just fellowship with people, connect with people who are like-minded and just really put myself out there so I can get these gigs and really like make my presence felt in New York and also expand I guess my talents absolutely, you know absolutely. so just doing what I can to try to be the best I can absolutely yeah and yeah I, I remember that it was during the open canvas at AP uh, yep. monthly series yep. I think you reached out to me and it was like yeah like let's definitely I was like I'm ready <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and I think you know even from that point I feel like it's just great to sort of see how you sort of just taking one step at a time mm-hmm. and you know you know really you know cared about the craft you know making sure that you're presenting an, an energy for the night you know and yeah. giving people a feeling that i feel like you know is necessary nowadays so for yourself where exactly are you from well i'm originally from durham north carolina and i lived in durham until i was about 14 15 and i got in a little bit of trouble nothing too serious but my mom was like i don't see this being a place where you can make the most of like your gifts and talents mm-hmm. so she was like your dad is moving to texas and i think that would be a better fit for you and I was kind of like resistant to it at first because I didn't really have like a relationship with my dad. But when I I ended up having to move because my mom was like, you have no choice, you know. So I moved to Texas and I actually ended up getting really close with my dad. And he sort of was the one to kind of tell me like, you are smart. Like you <laughs> can do more than what you're putting, your, you know, like. Yeah. We're in Texas. Houston. Houston, okay. Yeah. So initially, I didn't move to Houston. I lived in this place called Pflugerville, which is like a suburb of Austin. Yeah. And I lived there and I completed high school there. And then I decided like I wanted to go to college. And so I applied to school and I got into Texas Tech University, Mm -hmm. went there for four years, graduated, and then moved back 
to Houston. Okay. Because yeah. my dad, while I was in school, moved to Houston. So went back to Houston, and that's where I actually started getting into music and started DJing, like taking it seriously. Because in college, I kind of dabbled around with it a little bit. Mm. But when I moved back to Houston, I was like, I think I can really do this. I can do this. You know? So what, what made you pick up like DJing? Or was it just going to parties and hearing music or not hearing the music you wanted to hear? I remember when I was about 14, 15, there was a program. I was really into, I know this is going to sound crazy, but no. especially with the current climate, I was really in, no, <laughs> into no. Soldier Boy. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I thought you were going to say someone else, but like you say Soldier Boy, that's cool. No, I was I really. I respect Soldier Boy. Like, I, I do too. Come on. I mean, as, I don't think he's sort of like live yet. You know, I, I think either. he's sort of been just speaking kind of facts about this is. internet shit. You and know? I think a lot of people are thinking that he's just capping, but no, nah. he's serious. <laughs> like, he's really, he's done a lot. Yeah. So I was listening to a lot of Soulja Boy, Lil B, like just a bunch of like. Yo, respect, respect. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to dab you up. Like, <laughs> Lil B, the ba- yeah, those. thank you, bass guy. Like, you know? For real, for okay. Real. Yeah, yeah. So those are people, and then like Odd Future, I was just into like a lot of people for the times who were different. And Mm. so I saw them doing stuff that was different, and I'm like, maybe I can do this, you Mm. know? So I downloaded Virtual DJ, and (laughs) I started practicing in my house, and I was like, you know, I really like this. And so me and my sister would like kind of play around with it, but I never took it seriously. And then when I got, that was like my first interaction with DJing. Yeah. And when I got to college, I started working on the radio station. That's right. And yeah. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> I think that being an actual DJ would kind of like amplify what I'm doing because I thought like radio was going to be like my career. I was like, yeah. this is what I want to do. So, um, working on the radio station, and then on the side, I bought my first controller, my first DJ controller. Okay. And I used money from my refund check (laughs) to buy buy the controller. That's real. That's real, though. For real. I was like, I'm going to invest in this because Mm -hmm. I have the money finally. Like, let me just see, you know, what I can make of this. Yeah. So, I bought my first controller, and then I had a homie in college. His name is Mike Mose. He is, like, a really, really talented, like, super incredible DJ. He was like, yo, if you really want to learn, I can teach you. Mm. So he would teach me for free. Like, Mm. he would just be like, come over, let's practice. Um, I'll teach you essentially everything you need to know about your controller, about music, music theory, like Mm. just every little technical detail of DJing. That's very valuable. You know, especially for free. That's why uh, this is literally can be like a whole hour long conversation (laughs) but that's why mentorship is so important and finding somebody that will just pour into you so that you can pour into others Mm. you know at some point in your career um long story short after learning what i could from mike i just went back and i started making mixes in Mm. my I don't want to call it a dorm, but essentially like a dorm. Yeah. I had like my own little off-campus apartment, <laughs> but it was still a dorm. It was a little trap. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would start making mixes on SoundCloud, and I think my first mix got like got like 13,000 plays. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, wait, what? Like, what? This yeah, is crazy. Yeah. So I was like, I should keep doing this. Mm. Like, I should keep just making mixes. Yeah. So I did, and my SoundCloud got deleted. Because of copyright. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just deterred me so crazy. Mm. So for like a year, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not putting out any more mixes. Like, because they keep getting deleted. What's the point? I'm like doing all this work for nothing. Mm. And then one day, I think it was over summer break. My dad, um, I was staying with my parents over the break. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't have anything else to do. Like, let me just 
you know try to make a mix another mix so i put another one up and it didn't really do as well as you know the first one that was crazy like your first mix ever just like going crazy like that i was like it's ridiculous <laughs> but it didn't happen the second time around but mm -hmm. i think that's sometimes like the hump that you have to get over when you're you know working on your craft or you have all these expectations like maybe it'll go how it did the first time and mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't mean just give up it means keep going and yeah. gradually you'll get back to that point or you know something will eventually happen yeah so i recorded another mix put it on and didn't do what i wanted it to do but it was okay i was like i'm gonna just keep doing it i'm mm -hmm. gonna keep doing it and I mean, sound that's a good point though i don't even want to like gloss over that i yeah. feel like sort of just the the value of consistency you know i For feel sure. like you know it's, it sort of gets back to like why you do what you do you mm -hmm. know it's like if you really love it you're just going to do it because you love it right you know and people will gravitate towards that you know it's not necessarily just uh, waiting for like a specific result it's mm -hmm. like i'm doing this because i love the process of it you know and in the process of doing it and getting better then it's like people you know start to understand your passion for it mm -hmm. you know and, and then it's reciprocated so so that's yeah no gym. continue that's continue. a gym okay we dropping gyms so <laughs> so um yeah made my second soundcloud and i was like determined just to continue mm. to put stuff out yeah and i kind of didn't really tend to it but over time it, i started seeing those numbers increase and that was rewarding to me it's like okay like i get it now like i can do you know kind of what i did before but you know not at the same not at the same level but still it just felt like kind of rewarding to me so i ended up graduating college and i wasn't really paying too much attention to my soundcloud or djing i kind of just like took a pause again yeah and um it was funny to me because I never even tried to DJ in college like for a crowd or mm. anything like that or mm. even put myself out there. Everybody kind of knew that I was trying it, yeah. but I wasn't like marketing myself like I'm a DJ. Right. I was like, I'm just me and I was like, you know, <laughs> like I never really tried. Mm. So when I got back to Houston after graduating, I started working a full-time job mm. and I graduated with my degree in public relations and I thought like that was what I wanted to do forever. Yeah. I was like this is cool like in my mind it was super glamorous i thought that it was going to be something that was like oh i'm working with celebrities and like mm. big name clients which you are but it's it i i don't know it just didn't align with like my passion i mm. thought i when i was in school i was like this is it like this is yeah. i literally chose that degree specifically mm. because i felt like mm. i was in love with pr and yeah. then i got into the real world and i saw that like a full-time job is not really as glamorous as like what I imagined and mm -hmm. that goes back to the whole idea of like expectations and like a lot of us go through that you know? you know it's like you know getting your degree like you know spending money on you know investing in your yeah. future um, but then you know to, to actually get into that actually career mode and then feel like oh wait is this really you know myself what, you know you know and as you start questioning like you know was that worth it or mm -hmm. but like at the same time it's like it's all a part of the process you know but yeah it's definitely like uh, how did you overcome that hurdle of like sort of like okay I'm, I'm somewhere where I thought I wanted to be but now mm -hmm. like there may be something else that I want to do so I was working 
at the it was actually an oil company because Houston's like a really big oh yeah absolutely oil definitely. gas capital definitely so I was doing PR there and I had a mentor again yeah. mentors are so important yeah. I had a mentor and her name is Kathy and she's amazing mm. and I was just in this really weird place in my life like I was going to church like two times a week because I am super spiritual so I was always raised like that and I was going to church like two times a week but I just still felt like mm. something was missing and yeah. so when I started talking to Kathy um she just sat me down one day and Kathy is like super big on funny enough she introduced me to the law of attraction mm. this is like a 60 year old woman okay, okay. who started putting me on to like the law of attraction yeah, and so like, break that down for people who don't know I mean uh, it's kind of hard it's more like a something that what you vibrate is what you're attracting it's kind of like a really I don't know how to explain it. It's more of just you have to experience it more than explain I guess, it. You know? You yeah. know? I feel like the same way. I feel like the law of attraction just in my life is something that I, I can't really put to words. You it's, know? It's more of just something that I, I it's a mindset. It's like a it's, exactly. It's a feeling even. Exactly. Sort of like how you sort of direct those feelings and thoughts, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like it just starts with positive thinking and a good place to start if you don't understand the law of attraction, reading the book, The Secret watching the documentary the secret watching um we just dapped um esther and jerry hicks the law of attraction is a really good book to mm. read um i think i told you the four agreements is a really good yeah, book yeah i remember to read. you told me that yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm also reading a book right now. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Funny enough, and I think this is the Law of Attraction at Work, and then right. I'll get back to the Kathy story. Absolutely. But um, this man, I was on the train, and I was actually like not really having like the best day, and I just felt like I was super down, and this guy came up to me, and he handed me a book, and he was like, I was going to give this to my friend, yeah. but... I think you'll enjoy it. This book literally talks about just embodying those principles of like positive thinking, um, the things that you do in your life, like essentially affect what you get back, you know, mm -hmm. like what you reciprocating. I don't know. It was just super cool. I'll share. I'll share with you the book Please after. Do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it's called, but yeah. it's so good. It's literally like 80 pages long, mm. but it's so freaking. So yeah, I mean, it just sounds like also you're, you're sort of a big reader. Not necessarily, but <laughs> when I met Kathy, I started reading a lot more because okay. she was like, you need to figure out what's going on in, in your life. Yeah. Like, that's, so, that's, yeah, that's worth talking about because I, I feel like for me as well, reading has been like a huge part. Like even if I'm not reading consistently, like whenever I pick up a book and I'm like locked in and I'm hooked on it, mm -hmm. it's like I feel like I, I grow so much. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much knowledge that can be gleaned just from reading that I think in this age and like we're all on our phones all the time yeah just picking up a book just changes the it whole does. like i feel like it's like almost i have a book in my apartment for like like four weeks and i won't pick it up and then i decide one day to start reading it and it like and changes my life yeah. yeah and it's like yeah just there's a real value in just sort of like like reading i just want to say that but mm -hmm. yeah, continue. no i agree and kathy is the one who kind of told me that because like i wasn't i wasn't thinking about books i was thinking about like i hate this job i don't want to be here right, you right. know like circumstances exactly yeah, so yeah. she's like how about i point you in the right direction this will maybe change the way you're thinking yeah. so she told me to pick up a copy of the four agreements mm. which completely transformed my thinking completely transformed my life and just basically gave me these four agreements to live my life by mm. so that i could you know get in the right frame of mind and start thinking about how i could change 
my circumstances mm. and um after reading that she sat me down and she was like hey um i'm gonna draw a picture of a ladder so she drew a picture of a ladder and it was like maybe five steps to the ladder and at the bottom she put like where you are and at the top she put where you want to be and she said where are you on this ladder like and she told me like to write down like where i am or actually she told me right down at the top where you want to be and i'm like i want to be like a radio personality dj like i want to do stuff with the media all this other stuff and then at the bottom she's like okay like where are you and i'm like i'm at an oil company doing pr and she's yeah. like do you feel like you're really at that like if that's the bottom step of your ladder and i was like yeah mm. she was like girl you're not even on that ladder mm. do you understand like you're nowhere near the ladder you're working mm. at an oil company which has nothing to do with music which has nothing to do with where you want to be or what you want to do like and i was like dang you know humble <laughs> me <laughs> like put me in my place uh -huh. and it really like mm. like i said humbled me it made me feel like well dang i thought i was climbing this ladder but i wasn't anywhere near it you know so that's when I said, she told me actually, like, if you want to get on the first step of your ladder, start doing stuff outside of work with your time that can get you at the bottom step of that ladder. Mm. Whether it's like something music related, something um, media related, anything like that. Mm. So that's when I started DJing. I actually had a friend after that instance happened who reached out to me and said, yo, I remember you used to put out these mixes on SoundCloud. I have a brunch coming up and I want you to DJ. And I was like, I'm scared as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, um, I'll, I'll let you know. And he yeah. was like, no, you have to do mm. it. Like you have to. And I was like, if I want to get on the bottom step of my ladder, I probably do have to, start. you yeah. know, just start. Yeah. It doesn't matter like, mm. you know, where i start as long as i start you yeah, know yeah. and i took him up on the opportunity went to the brunch dj'd and i literally left there like when i got there i was shaking in the bathroom mm. stall like praying <laughs> <laughs> forgetting how to use the equipment like right uh, yeah yeah shaking yeah. praying i had two friends come out to support me and they mm. sat there the whole time and like was like go to you can do it you can do it <laughs> and i was just like man i'm gonna do it for them i got to like mm. they came out to support me like it was actually a lot of people there and i was so nervous <laughs> i was so nervous really? all my peers yeah. and i got on and i remember i played new freezer that was hey. my first song <laughs> i was like i'm gonna just hit them with something they, they're gonna buy they yeah, heads, yeah, yeah. you know. You gotta, you gotta catch them early, right? <laughs> so by the time I finished my set, literally people were coming up to me like, "Can when's I have your next party? Yes, <laughs> when's your next party? Can I get a card? Wow. Like, you know, it was incredible. I, I left there feeling like, wow. And then, ironically enough, the venue owner came up to me too and was like, "I need your contact because we need a DJ for Saturdays." Mm. So that was how I got my first gig. It's a great night to be on, too. Yep. <laughs> okay. So that's how I got my first gig. They set my rate for me. I had mm. no knowledge of, like, getting paid because I did that for free. Right. I did the brunch for free because I was like, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Mm. And um, from there, I literally just ended up getting booked consistently. Like, whether it would be me reaching out to people like, yo, like, I'm a DJ or, you know. Right. Or people just hearing me spin and they're like, yo, I have a night that I want you to come out dj for you know and that just got the ball rolling and i ended up 
after I started literally DJing all the time, I, yeah. I saved up so much money at my job. I quit my job, and then I started DJing full time. Wow, nice, nice, yeah. nice. And nice. then I moved to New York. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. I mean, that, that's amazing, first of all. Like, even just sort of, like, took a risk on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sort of, like, bet on yourself in that situation. It feels like when you actually, like, give yourself a chance, mm -hmm. you can actually, like, surprise yourself, you know? I so, did. Definitely. I still surprise myself to this day. I feel yeah. like... I don't know now more than ever like i told you i had a performance the other day right, and right. it was like me singing of all things yeah. like that's a whole nother let's like, talk about it because it just happened so yeah. i want to hear about that it like, is like literally the same thing with my first gig me djing mm -hmm. all over again mm -hmm. like trying to get into music and really like be an artist yeah. is like something foreign to me because i've never done it before it was scary as hell i was nervous shaking the entire time but when i got off that stage everybody was like you did an amazing job please keep singing like please keep doing this like people you know encouraging reaching. yes yeah. like and i i gave a spiel while i was on stage i was like y'all i'm not gonna lie to y'all this is my first time ever performing <laughs> but face your fears because it's so worth it like it is so rewarding to face your fears and like see what you are capable of right because you never know 100%. you have these dreams you have these goals and fear is like the only thing stopping you right. fear and then probably laziness right. your lack of motivation to do things or talking yourself out of things like those can be your biggest i don't i want to say hindrances is that a word uh, that, I think it, it sounds right <laughs> those can sense. hinder you is what i'm trying yeah, to say but yeah. long story short there are things within your control that will stop you from doing what you want to do mm. that's it like mm. anything i don't know outside of you is more so just like a challenge that you can like figure out how to like, navigate through but if you're the only roadblock in your way of like doing what you want to do you got to reassess and like you not, now you want to drop it up. So. You know? Okay. Right. <laughs> you have to. That's what's up. That's what's up. No, I, I fully 100% agree with that. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of our biggest like challenges are really just in our own mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like once you sort of realize that, you have a choice. You know, yep. you have a choice in terms of how you sort of react or even how you just decide to move forward with what you want to do. You know, so I agree with you on that. Yeah. I feel like this year I took the time to say that I wanted to do like I really sat down and wrote down resolutions mm -hmm. you know at the start of the year I told myself like I want to start doing music yeah. I want to really transition from work because I still work now yeah. yeah um I still use my degree and like work in PR and it's like mm -hmm. still not glamorous or anything like that but it's definitely a way to like help me with this transition from moving from Texas to New York and like having to find work and all this other stuff. But yeah, how's how has New York been for you? <sighs> New York is I love New York. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> you can be real. You can be real. New York is different. New York is um beautiful when you are a visitor. Mm different when you live here that's a good way to put it for sure yeah different when you live here it's like beautiful challenging ugly mm -hmm. um a lot of smells smells <laughs> <laughs> we could literally make a podcast on the smells of new york yeah. all the different smells the, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. um it's not I don't know it's just i want to say it's a magical city mm -hmm. because it is like while i say it's like super challenging sometimes it's also 
again like very rewarding to be here because I've always wanted to live in New York I knew that like when I was young I probably wrote it down somewhere I have a letter that I wrote to myself in um, senior year of high school and it said move to New York chase your dreams and I opened I remember opening it at the end of high school and reading it back like damn I didn't do any of this you know (laughs) and now I'm doing it so Mm. it's like Again, back to the whole law of attraction, power of manifestation, writing things down. Like, even though they don't come to fruition, like... Tomorrow. Um, yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Give it time. Mm. Because all of those things that you manifest in your mind will eventually come true. And yeah. that's... I'm a living proof. I wrote that down literally in 12th grade when I was wow. 18. I moved wow. here when I was 23. That's amazing. You know? That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy to even hear that. I feel like, you know, what you sort of are, are planning to do, like, whether it's... You know anything that you're sort of getting into now i feel like you can just sort of like decide you know that you want to make it happen mm-hmm. you know and it's like you really do have the power to sort of create the life that you create want create your own reality exactly so it's real i feel that i feel <laughs> that yeah so so now that you're sort of like experiencing new york and and also too i also want to speak about just in terms of your selection i feel like mm-hmm. you sort of have a very um you know specific sound that you sort of you know bring to the table mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like the incorporation of R&B music, you know, is definitely, definitely on point. It's one thing just to play a series of R&B records, but it's another thing to sort of like curate like a, a feeling, you know, through the R&B records that you select. So for you, um, you know, is, is that sort of your, your, your wheelhouse that you like to sort of do? I'll say this. My favorite type of music I have, I'm super, super particular. Right, like, go for it. I love neo soul. Mm. I'm like, I love soul beats. I love Jay Dilla. I love anything in that whole realm of like, I don't want to say classic hip hop, but like boom bap. Yeah. I love that. I love um, Pharrell, mm. my favorite producer of all time. Mm. I love the Neptunes, um, Soldier Boy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, did you notice like a few of his tracks, whatever era we're living in, whenever that song comes on, Timeless. it still goes off. Yeah. Like, yes, continue. continue. Timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Timbaland, Missy Elliott. Mm. That's been like my favorite mm. lately. I love like going back and like finding old Yo, stuff. She was so diverse. Bruh. Like she's I'm, still diverse. Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, she can literally be like, you know, singing like the most like ballad driven R and B song and, and still then have also, a hard like Beat knock to it, it and oh then but still then do like you know a straight futuristic hip-hop song yes. you know and it still be her and you know you what's know? crazy sometimes with those futuristic songs it's like she'll still use a sample that's like so old right, and make right, it right, sound right, right. recent and like fresh, relevant fresh. you know and yeah there's like a few of the samples that she's chosen over the years i feel like you know it's almost like you're hearing it for the first time yeah even though you probably heard it before it almost sounds like a completely new sound Love, it sounds like the future it. yeah she's definitely. amazing definitely. and then all the artists that she's worked with yeah. like those are people that i love um are as far as like r&b I just love like classic R&B, but like I said, Neo Soul is like my heart. I love it. Um, Yeah, I feel like I just like anything from 90s, 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. And maybe like maybe up to 2010. Yeah. But like recently, I've been in love with Summer Walker. Of course. Love her. She's so good. Um, Who else? I don't know. What about you? 
So who I'm listening to, like when you say like the neo soul mm-hmm. era, that's also sort of my vibe as well. Okay. Of course, like I think home base for a lot of people is like D'Angelo. I knew you was about to say D'Angelo. Really? I knew it. <laughs> like you know, I, something just told me in my head this man about to say D'Angelo. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean the, the Brown Sugar. Oh yeah. I was like mm-hmm. amazing. I mean it still like feels the same today. And yeah. I, and I feel like any music that sort of carries an energy that like over the years still feels the same. You know, there's one, there's certain songs that come out, there's a lot of hype around it, um, but then like months later, you don't feel the same way about it. I agree. I'm sort of like, like really interested in music that just sort of feels the same way every time I put it on, you I know? Agree. Definitely. But, uh, but yeah, um, in terms of like more recent stuff, I feel like it's, it's sort of been- uh, A little pump. Uh, nah, <laughs> nah, I feel like I'm definitely like just sort of like exploring sounds. I feel like I was just talking to a friend earlier um, about jazz, actually. Really? A lot of jazz musicians I've been getting to lately because like, there's a lot of jazz let us in, know. in let hip-hop. Us know. Like, there's an artist named Pharaoh Sanders, hmm. a saxophone player. Gotta get into it. Check it out. Okay. You know, I, I think so. I'm definitely just like exploring different like genres and sounds right now. So That's good. Yeah. That That is what makes your taste in music diverse and mm-hmm. like, I feel like the more you study music without judgment yeah you, you know like whether mm. like i guess what i'm trying to say is like whether you would listen to it on your own or not it's just like mm. being open to like all types of music and just trying to get your um like your library and your mind yeah. to be as like robust as it can mm. it just makes you a more diverse musician or dj or whatever you yeah. are trying to pursue in music yeah. just like expanding your catalog to more than just what you listen to because right. when you perform or when you uh dj or whatever you do is like everybody doesn't like what mm. you like you have mm. to be able to like read a crowd or read an audience and like know um all different stuff like right. just be as diverse as you possibly can because right. every time you go in it's kind of like you never know what to expect it's so a just, new experience every time exactly so yeah. just be prepared mm. and be aware know your music um a good example of that is when i was djing at my first ever little residency i guess you could call it yeah um those people that i mentioned earlier that were like hey we need a dj for saturday night <laughs> i never told you this yeah, but yeah, yeah. they were it was an older crowd right they were like so when i asked the guy i'm like how old are these people that i'm gonna be djing for he's oh they're like 25 28 yeah i got there these people are like not 25 28 really? no they were older what? and i didn't know like anything really about like their John or generation's mm. music mm. and because I'm I'm you know I'm 20 something so mm. I'm thinking we all listen to the same stuff and mm. that was a really good lesson that I had to learn early on and I'm glad I did because every time I went in there I was the opener right. so I always felt like nobody was dancing to what I was playing mm. and it would make me upset mm. and I was like man these people they just don't know music like they don't know nothing like whatever and it would make me mad but I had another mentor mm. the guy that DJed after me he used to be like just stay and watch just stay and watch what I do you know and I would sit there literally all night and watch him and see how he got the crowd to interact with him yeah. by playing music that he over time i guess understood that they liked Mm. or he knew how to get a reaction out of the crowd because of the type of music that he would play and i don't know just gauge the reaction like no after a while like oh this will work and this won't work Mm. and so i remember i I used to go there every saturday and then stay until my set was over and then stay until his set was over and probably even after that just Mm. to talk to him and ask him questions about you know how did you know to play this with that or what does this knob do and how did Mm. you filter that out 
out and um what's this transition about whatever i can learn for yeah. free yeah, you know that's what's up. That's just like asking questions and like i said didn't know anything went in there and was upset about it but over time i learned like that there's like a science to it mm. like you have to go home and like practice and listen to the stuff that they mm. listen to even if you don't like it you mm. know just to like get familiar with it and know oh like there was a genre of music called zydeco that i had never mm. heard of i was mm. like i don't like this and i don't know why they like it but let me try to like figure out which songs of this zydeco music can connect with me and yeah. then i'll play them for them so that it's like i'm still being true to myself but also catering to my audience yeah. you know yeah i understand that it almost sounds like you're, you're almost like showing appreciation for your audience exactly. too it's like you know sort of like understanding that you know they're here to have a good time mm-hmm. so you want to provide that for them exactly you know? and also like <laughs> just not try to force my music down mm-hmm. their throat like mm-hmm. i felt like i was just like eat this eat this yeah. gucci mane now like because <laughs> no. we, we know we're passionate about but yeah. like at the same time it's like you know understand yeah that. gotta connect with mm. them because it's really about their experience when they leave it's mm. like and a good piece of advice that somebody gave me one time is like you're only as good as your last set mm. like you're always only as good as the last time you perform so if i was leaving and upset at myself because i felt like i wasn't doing a good job then I need to go back to the drawing board, right. reassess, do a better job next exactly. time, figure out where I failed last time, yeah. and pick the pieces up, try again. That's real. You know? That's real. Yeah, so what are you planning to do now? Like, are you, are you planning to continue to sing, or is there other things that you want to get involved in while you're in New York? Um, I definitely feel like singing is something that I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. I want to start learning how to song write, mm. write songs, I guess you could say. I want to learn how to write. Um, I know how to write. I just don't know how to like record myself properly, and yeah. I've never like recorded with an engineer or anything like that. So that's something that I want to learn and get into, and eventually drop like an EP or something. Just surprise, boom! That's what's Beyonce up. digital drop <laughs> on these girls, okay? Um, or. I mean, of course, consider, like, consider, continue to Mm. DJ. Yeah. Definitely want to continue doing that. And I want to eventually transition from working, like, my full-time job to, like, just full-time DJ. I feel that. I feel that. That's a goal. Nice. You're going to do it. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) I need that agreement. (laughs) Yeah, so how can people find your music and, like, even the events that you're going to be doing online? Okay. So, music right now there is none okay just wait on it just wait on it <laughs> Mama, i need you <laughs> yeah, yeah i need yeah. you to be my ad-lib guy hey. <laughs> and um also soundcloud everything that mm-hmm. i have social wise is at ot marie so it's o-h-t-e-e-m-a-r-i-e ot marie Perfect. twitter instagram all that soundcloud Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I want to just thank you again for being thank on the open you. canvas. Like, really appreciate it. I feel like, you know, it's just even great to even just hear more about you and just behind, like, just DJing. I feel like, you know, your story is very special. So I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was so fun. Definitely. Definitely. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you again. Uh, this has been Taj Alexander on the open canvas with my friend, Team Marie. And wow. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that was great. That was thank great. you. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.